0: We are in our series called Built to Last, helping you build a lasting legacy of faith uh, in your family. And so I said last week, we're going to give you every week a certain commitment and what we're going to build on these throughout this series. And so uh, as you kind of build these commitments into your life and into your family, then you will create a family that's built to last. Now, last week, our commitment was that a family that's built to last lays a solid spiritual foundation. Nod at me if you remember that at all, okay? Yeah, okay. A couple of nods. I see a few. All right, very good. Welcome to First Colleyville. I'm Craig. Anyway, I don't know if you remember that. Or never, know. never mind. Never uh, mind. Let me give you the second one. All right, the second key commitment. Here it is. We're going to put it on the screen here. Families that are built to last honor one another. Families that are built to last honor one another. Now, I don't know about you. I love I love weddings. I do a lot of weddings. I love weddings. Weddings are so much fun. Uh, Everyone's joyful. Everybody's excited at a wedding. The thing I like about them is that you never know really what's going to happen at a wedding, right? I mean, something's probably going to go a little crazy. Something's unpredictable. I remember my sister's wedding, the unity candle caught on fire. It was really cool, flamed up about this high up. Somebody had to come out of the audience literally and put it out. It was a load of fun. Uh, Anyway, there's always something goofy or something unpredictable that happens at a wedding. But there's some things that are very predictable in a wedding. You're going to have a bride walk down the aisle. You're going to have some vows, rings. And usually in the vow somewhere, you're going to hear these words, I promise, I promise to cherish and honor you, right? Something of that nature, I promise to cherish and to honor you. Now here's the deal, it's very common to hear about honor at a wedding, but unfortunately it's very uncommon to see honor lived out in a marriage, and yet after 35 years of marriage and 25 years of being a pastor i can think of no other word that produces lasting happiness and joy in a relationship other than the word of honor so i want to talk to you a little bit about honor today want you get your bible want you open up hebrews chapter 13 And we're going to be at verse 18. Hebrews 13, uh, beginning of verse 18. Just kind of set this up for you. The the writer of Hebrews has now come down to the final chapter. Now the final words of the final chapter. He has been giving them kind of short, rapid fire exhortations of how to love each other, treat each other, and how to walk with God. And now he comes down to the final words. And that's what I want to share with you, verse 18. This is the word of God. He said, pray for us, for we are convinced that we have a clear conscience wanting to conduct ourselves honorably in everything. Now, I want you to uh, circle that word honorably. Honorable, honor is the single most important principle for healthy relationships. Relationships that honor one another are, are feeling loved, they're cared for, they're safe, they're open, they're growing, they're healthy, they're strong. Relationships that dishonor one another are failing, they're struggling, they're distant, they're hard-hearted, and they're slowly fading away. Honor is that single most important principle for a lasting, healthy relationship. Now, you may say, hmm, I think I've heard Craig teach on honor before, and you would be right. Actually, in every family series, any time I talk about marriage, anything like that, I always do a message on honor. So if you're one of those people that take notes in the margin, you may have uh, written some notes about this before. But here's the reason why. We need to be reminded over and over and over and over again about the importance of honor. This is something we just can't hear too much about. So what is honor exactly? Well, the word here honorably in this passage is the Greek word kalos, which which means to treat someone uh, in a good or noble or honor or worthy way. Uh, The Apostle Paul uses another word uh, in Romans 12, um, uh, the word time, which literally means to uh, holds something, something of great value, something that's priceless, something that is worth a lot of money. In fact, if you put all that together, I think Gary Smalley, the, the marriage counselor, writer, um, he put it this way. Let me put the definition of honor up here on the screen here. He said, honor is the decision to see another person as a priceless treasure recognizing their incredible worth and value. When you honor another person, you see them as this priceless treasure, this incredible person of of great worth, and you treat them uh, in that way. In 1967, uh, David Margetts was a fast-rising violinist in UCLA, and he was given a special violin to play, at a concert. Now, this is not the violin, but I want to get this picture in your mind. The violin that he was given that day was a Stradivarius. Now, if you know uh, anything about violins, Stradivarius is very rare, very priceless, very expensive instrument. This particular one, there was only one of about 600 of them ever made. This particular one that he was given uh, used to belong to a, a Spanish duke a la Cantara and, uh, and, and some people believe that actually Napoleon owned this violin at one point in time. So it was, it was a priceless treasure and he was given the honor of playing this special violin at a concert. The only problem is David lost it. Yeah. He thinks he lost it when he placed it on the top of his car going to the concert and then in haste to get to the concert lost the violin that tumbled down onto the side of the road. Now, a woman came along not too, long, uh, not too long after he took off and she saw something on the side of the road. So she stopped and picked it up and saw, oh, this is a violin. That's pretty cool. And she threw it in her back seat. Then she took it home and kept it in her closet for a while. Then after a, a while, she, she gave it to her nephew that he knew She knew he was musically inclined, and she gifted this violin to her nephew, who thought, oh, that's kind of cool, and kept it in his closet. Until he went through a divorce, and in the divorce settlement, his wife, Teresa, uh, obtained the violin in the settlement because she thought she'd always like to one day take violin lessons. And so she made an appointment for violin lessons and took the violin with her. And when she took it out of the case, the teacher saw this Stradivarius. That, of course she had no idea what she had and this kind of led them on a Google search and back to UCLA to gift it back to the university. Now the reason why I tell you this story is because was the violin of great value and worth? Yes. But did David treat it that way? (laughs) Not really. If he left it on the top of his car, it took off. Not really. And did the woman who picked it up really know what she had? No. Did the nephew know what he had? No. Did Teresa even know what she had? No, not really. It was only until somebody recognized the value of it that it was given the honor it deserved. Now get this when you got married, God gave you a Stradivarius, He gave you a husband, He gave you a wife a precious, unique, one-of-a-kind individual that matters to God and has immense, eternal worth and value. When you had children, God placed in your hands something of tremendous worth. Now, you can recognize it, you can see it, and when you do, that's called honoring that person. You go, wow, I can't believe that, that you're my wife. I can't believe that you're my husband. I, you know, I, I, I I can't believe I get to be the guy that comes home to you. You know, I, you're so awesome. You're so incredible. There's no one like you. I just love you so much. You're amazing. I mean, when you do that, you're honoring this person, right? But when you mistreat them, when you talk bad about them, when you dismiss them, even abuse them, then you're, you're devaluing, you're dishonoring the priceless thing that God has put in your hands. Now listen, almost every marriage counselor understands this principle, even though it's a biblical principle, it is a principle that we understand to be universally true. Dr. John Gottman, one of the greatest marriage counselors uh, today, he said, quote, without honor, all the marriage skills one can learn won't work. You can have all the skills in the world, but if you don't honor, then it's not going to work for you. Uh, Dr. Scott Stanley, another counselor, he said this, honor is a fuel that keeps the lifelong marriage loving and functioning. So if you want a marriage that's built to last, if you want a family that's built to last, it's gonna have to be built with honor as kind of the mortar that holds it all together. So let me give you three things we know about honor, okay? If you're taking notes, jot these down. And of course, if you wanna follow on the app, All of it's written there for you. Three things I know about honor. Number one, uh, honor is a command. It's a command of God. 184 times the word honor appears in the Bible. Compare that to 181 times the word prayer is used, and you understand how important honor is. 184 times. And we're commanded to honor all kinds of relationships, particularly those in authority over us. But in every relationship, we're to grant honor. This is command of God. For example, we're to honor God, First Timothy 1. Honor Jesus, Philippians 2. Honor government leaders, Romans 13. Honor your boss, 1 Timothy 6. Honor your wife, 1 Peter 3. Honor your husband, Ephesians 5, Honor, uh, the marriage should be honorable, Romans 13, I mean, Hebrews 13, 4. Children are to honor their parents. You're to honor your body, honor widows, honor church leaders, honor other believers, honor everyone, 1 Peter two seventeen says. Over and over and over, God says, I'm commanding you to honor each other, to value, to see the worth and the value of every single person. This is a command of God, right? I guess to say another way, to dishonor a person is to disobey God. By the way, there's nothing in there that says, well, you honor them just as long as they behave a certain way or they act the way that you want them to. No, no. It's a unilateral command to honor. Children honoring their parents, husbands honoring their wife, wife honoring their husband. It's the command of God. Second thing we know, uh, jot this one down, is that honor is not only a command, it's a choice. Uh, I, I, I have to choose to honor. <laughs> I have to choose to do it. Uh, sometimes that's choosing to not do something. Amen? You know what I'm talking about? Uh, I'm not going to get angry. I'm not going to lose my cool. I'm not going to be irritable. I'm not going to say that word that came into my mouth that I want to say right now. I'm not going to kill my my teenage son or my uh, whatever. You know, I'm not going to eye roll. I'm not going to do the proverbial exhale and that look of disappointment. I'm not going to do these things. Why? Because I know that's dishonoring. And honor is also choosing to do some things, choosing to encourage, choosing to compliment, choosing to say, wow, thank you, choosing to help, choosing to um, build up. That's choosing to honor. You know, the Apostle Paul talked about this in Ephesians when he was talking to husbands. And he said, he said, you know, nobody hates his own body, but he nourishes and cherishes his own body. That word cherish means to warm up, to draw close to someone, to warm them up in a tender way. And he said, Husband, you are to cherish your wife like that. You're to draw close to her in an honoring way, in a loving way, in a tender way. And here's the deal when you honor, husband, you honor and love and cherish your wife. When you brag on her and affirm her and help her and and, and are affectionate to her, you know what happens? The relationship warms up. The, The love warms up. She feels safe, she feels loved. And that the relationship comes alive. When you forget to do these things, or when you choose not to do these things, that's when the marriage grows cold and distant and removed. So honor is a command of God, but it is also a choice that we make on a daily basis. And then let me give you this last thing. Honor is also contagious. Uh, Honor produces more honor. And, and dishonor produces more dishonor. I wish, I wish I could really get this in the head of every person listening to me right now. Okay, just, just pound it in your brain that the more you honor and lift up others, the more they want to do that back to you. And the more that you dishonor and, and dismiss and disrespect that other person, the more they're going to give that back to you. That's just the way it works. It's a contagious nature husband comes home from work. It's it's been a hard day. His wife just got home 10 minutes before he did from work. And and they're trying to get the kids back on the homework. And she's trying to figure out what we're going to eat. And they've got, you know, she's returning emails and things like that. And and he comes in the door and he drops his bag at the door. He runs over to her, grabs her up, spins around, kisses her on the mouth and says, baby, I love you. I've been thinking about you all day. I'm so glad. You're so easy to come home to. You're hard to leave and easy to come home to. And then he rolls up his sleeves and says, okay, what do do we need to do? I'll start, you know, cooking here. And, okay, I'll get the kids straight over here. And don't worry about it. We're going to do this together. We're going to knock it out. Uh, You know, how is she going to feel about him? Now, some of you might feel suspicious. Like, oh what are you, (laughs) (laughs) what did you do? Yeah, (laughs) right? (laughs) But, you know, naturally, uh, if this is how he is, she's going to go, oh, man, I just, I got the best husband in the world. I mean, he just loves me, he helps me, he cares for me, he affirms me. You know, and guess what? The kids see husband doing that and wife doing that. And they'd learn that that's how a husband is supposed to treat his wife. Or if it's a daughter, that's, I want to marry a guy that treats me the way my dad treats my mom. It's contagious from one generation to the next. Now, if he comes in the door and he drops his bag and he drops a couple of curse words and, and he starts complaining about, man, this house is a wreck and how come this isn't done right and these kids are driving me nuts and, 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 and plops down on the couch and turns on the TV and demands to be served, uh, do you think people are going to feel warm and fuzzy toward him? No. In fact, you're gonna, there's going to be a fight. It's going to be on, all right? Why? Because dishonor creates dishonor. And honor creates honor. It's this contagious nature. So I guess the real question is, um, are you creating an atmosphere of honor in your home or dishonor in your home? You say, well, Craig, you know, it's just so hard to do that. It's so hard to, to always be affirming and honoring all the time. Why is it so hard? And, and you're right, it is hard. And there are several reasons why honoring one another is so hard. The main reason is because you are hardwired to dishonor, not to honor. And that's because, um, newsflash, you are a sinner. All right? Welcome to First Colleyville. You are a sinner. All right? And guess what? You married a 100% A grade sinner. And then you've produced little bitty sinners <laughs> that run around the house, right? And nobody say amen to that. Just let it sit. And so, we are by nature hardwired to dishonor, to look at the negative, to talk down, to get irritable, to be quick to criticize. We're we're my nature bent that way. Uh, Galatians uh, 5, verse 17 says, the sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just The opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. Do you feel that? Do you feel that at home? Do you feel that on Tuesday afternoon? This tension, I want to do what's right, but I so am bent this way. There's a conflict in you. And we're constantly fighting that. I think another reason is we just live in a culture that is really, uh, celebrates dishonor. I mean, whether it is a student that dishonors uh, their teacher, whether it is a person that dishonors a police officer or you know people dishonoring each other at work. Um, you know, some of you have been following the Johnny Depp, Amber Heard trial and it's just heartbreaking to see the depth of dishonor and abuse that has happened there. Some of you have lived that. Some of you are living that right now. And when I listen to it, my heart breaks because I know that dishonor begets dishonor and that can tumble down and take you to a dark place that nobody wants to be in. You know, I saw the opposite of that not too long ago on a business trip. I was in a plane flying home there was a man about my age who was sitting across the aisle from me, and an older man started making his way up the aisle to find his seat. And this older man, I, he, he looked very frail. He looked, um, I, don't, I don't know how old he was. He was kind of disheveled in his appearance, had a little bit of an odor to him. And he started making his way, trying to find his seat. And this guy next to me hops up and greets this man. It says, how can I help you? Can I get your bag? And here, let's find your seat. Your seat's right here. In fact, he said, why don't you take my seat because my seat's on the end and I'll take your seat that was in the middle. And, uh, and he got his bag up in the stowaway bin and then, then he said, now, uh, do you have enough room to eat your breakfast? Because the older man had come in with a, a bag with a biscuit in it. And so he was gonna have breakfast. And he just was so kind to this man. And I'm watching the whole thing. So after we got off the plane, I'm standing uh, at the baggage claim and. And I went up to this man and I said, hey, I just, I just want you to know that I, I thought it was pretty cool how you treated this older man. And you know what he said to me? You're going to be surprised. He said, well, I just think we need to honor our elders. Now, where do you think he got that idea? Oh, it's in the Bible. That's right. He was living out this principle of, what a beautiful thing. Isn't, honor almost stands out in contrast to the dishonoring world that we live in. And I think another reason why we don't honor is just because we're so busy. We got so many demands. We got so many things pulling at us that we just, we don't intend to dishonor our husband or our wife or our parents or whatever, but we just just forget their value because we're so busy with life. Now, I know what you're thinking. Some of you are thinking, well, Craig, you know, that's, that's great and all, but I'm just not wired that way, man. I'm just not. I, I just wasn't raised like that. That's not my person. I'm not really warm and fuzzy. Uh, I mean, I told my wife I, I loved her at her wedding and, and she knows it. I'll, I'll let her know if I change my mind kind of guy, you know. I, you know, I'm just not into that. I wouldn't raise that way. My, my parents didn't do this for me, and I, I can't do that for them, and they don't really need it. I mean, just kind of, it's just not who I am. Listen, it may not be who you are, but it's who God wants you to be. And it's who your family needs you to be. So how do we get there? So let's get back to Hebrews 13, and let me uh, give you four quick things, very practical things about how to honor your family better. Okay, first thing, number one is pray. Look at what he says. He says, pray for us. Pray, pray for yourself. Pray that God would make your home a home of honor. Just start praying about that. Lord, make our home a home of honor. Here's the thing, pray that you will honor the other people in your family even when you don't feel like it, all right? Even when you don't feel like it. You know, it's easy to honor somebody when they're honoring you, right? That's super easy, that's almost natural. But to honor someone that you have lost respect for, you honor someone that is not valuing you, that's a very difficult thing, but that is the only thing that turns the relationships around. So pray that you will be the instigator of honor in your home. The second thing you can do, number two, is to assess your level of honor. Look at what he says here. He said, for we're convinced that we have a clear conscience. Can you say that about honor in your family? I have a clear conscience that I always honor my family members. All right? Probably not. I can't say that. You probably can't say that. So we all have room for improvement. In fact, one of the ways to assess your level of honor, and I think of it kind of like an honor meter, okay? Uh, Think of it as one uh, is really bad and 10 is really good. And you're always going to be somewhere vacillating in that range. On a scale from one to 10, what is the, the condition of honor in your home right now? It's like a snapshot. It's this moment. How well are we doing in the area of honor? I remember when Liz and I were early in our marriage, uh, we, we really struggled the first two or three years of our marriage. We really struggled. We fought a lot. We were just, we just didn't know how, to, we were young and we didn't really know how to be married. We knew we loved each other, but we didn't know how to be married. And uh, I remember hearing about this principle of honor, and God uses us to completely, radically change our marriage. And one of the things that I started to do was I asked her, okay, on a scale from one to 10, one being terrible, hell on earth, 10 being heaven on earth, you know, where are we in our relationship? And um, I'm sure the first time I asked that, she gave me a low number. Okay, I'm not going to tell you what it was, but I'm sure it was really low. <laughs> And then I asked the second question. Here's the power in the second question. What would it take to get to a 10? I mean, if we're at a two, what would it take to get to a 10? If we're at a five, what would it take to get to a 10? And I remember asking her the first time, and she thought for a minute, and then she just kind of started telling me things that I could do, you know, the areas where she felt dishonored. So here's what I want you to try this week. Guys, you lead out. Say, okay, I want to to take the honor test here. On a scale from one to 10, where do you think we are? Now, if she gives you a low number, don't say, no, we're at least better than that. Don't negotiate, okay? (laughs) I told a guy this one time, he goes, well, I've already given ourselves a number, and I think it's fantastic. I'm like, well, it's not you that we're asking. You're supposed to ask your wife. He goes, oh, okay. So, honey, on a scale from one to 10, where are we? Ladies, you can, you can ask your husband the same thing. On a scale from one to 10, where are we? And then here's the second question. What would it take to get to a 10? That helps you assess where you are and the areas that you can start to work on. So pray, assess your level of honor. Then, then the next one is just choose to act in an honorable way. To choose to say, okay, I'm going to today, when I get up out of my bed, I'm gonna, Lord, help me to to act honorably toward my children, toward my wife, toward all those I come in contact with, to lift them up and not tear them down. One great way to start to act honorably, and if you're like, well, I'm not really sure how to do that, let me, let me give you a great way to do it. This week, here's your homework assignment. Make a list of all the things you love about your spouse. What are all the things you love? I mean, try to come up with, you know, 15, 20, 30 things. Just start listing them. Push yourself. What are are the things that you love about your spouse? Start listing them off. All these things that you love. All the things you love about your kids. And then here's the deal. Once you have created that list, don't keep it to yourself, but start sharing it with them. Tell them, you know what? There's some things I just really love about you. In fact, I jotted a few things down. Here's my top 10 list for you of the things I really love about you. Now, what are you doing when you say the things that you love about them, the things that are special about them, the things that are unique about them? Well, you're honoring them. You're going, wow, you're awesome. You are so good at that. I would never think of that. And you always think of that. You know, you're amazing at this deal right here. I'm so proud of the character that you have and and the way you treat that person. That was really amazing how you did that. When we start seeing the things that are great about them, then we stop seeing as much the things that we want to criticize about them. And when we do that, we move toward honor. So we have to choose it. You're going to choose this week whether you're going to make the list or not, right? I've asked you to do it, but you're going to choose whether you do it or not. Some of you will. Some of you won't. It's your choice. Choose to act honorably. And then if you think, well, you know, I just, I just really can't do that. I, I just don't think I, I, I have it in me to do it. And that kind of leads us to the last point. Check this out. Rely on the Spirit to help you. Rely on the Spirit to help you. Look at verse 20. He said, now may the God of peace who brought you up from the dead, our Lord Jesus, who brought up from the dead, our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, equip you with everything good to do his will, working in us what is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. I love that. He says, all right, you don't have it in yourself to really raise the bar of honor? Then here's the deal. The God of peace who raised Christ from the dead, stands ready to equip you with everything you need to please him. See, we really have no excuse because God stands ready through the power of his Holy Spirit in your life to well up love and to well up honor that you can share out of the overflow. Listen, Hear hear my heart here. Relationships are fragile. They're beautiful. They're precious. They're valuable. But they're like a Stradivarius. They're fragile. And you can't treat your relationships at home like a Yeti cooler and, and let them, and bounce them around and abuse them and think everything's gonna be okay. You just can't do it. God has put this Stradivarius in your hands. This valuable, this wife, this husband, these parents, these children, they matter to him. They're incredible worth. And it's up to you to choose to honor them or to dishonor them. But listen, like the Stradivarius, when you honor them, well, music comes. The music of love, the music of health, rings out in your home as worship to the glory of God. I want you to bow your heads with me for just a minute. Honoring our spouse really starts with our relationship with God. We love them out of the overflow of our relationship with God. And so it really comes down to the gospel. And here's the simple gospel, that God created you to know him in a deep and personal way. However, we have sinned against God. We have gone our own way. We have forgotten him. We have glorified ourselves and not him. But the Bible says that when we were the furthest from God, that God sent his own son, Jesus, to this earth, and Christ came to draw you back to him. He came and He revealed the Father to us. Then He went to a cross and on that cross, He took on all of your sin, all your mistakes, all the words that you've said, all the hateful things and selfish things and and dishonoring things you've done and said, even to your own family, the ones closest to you. He took it all and He nailed it to a cross. And he was buried on the third day. He rose again from the dead. And he offers forgiveness and new life. And you may be sitting here hearing a message of honor. And you're like, man, I have so blown it. And I, I can't forgive myself. And, I, and I'm sure my, my, my children can't forgive me. My wife or my husband can't forgive me. But listen, you can find forgiveness in Jesus. He can forgive you. He can wash you clean. And he can give you the power to forgive others. And what is broken under the power of Jesus Christ can be put back together. And what is dead can be resurrected again if you trust him. So you may be here today and you're unsure if you're, if you're right with God. Maybe you, you don't know for sure. If you died today, you go to heaven. You're unsure of your spiritual condition. You can be sure. I wanna give you an opportunity right now to be sure. I'm gonna pray a simple prayer of faith Asking Christ to come into your life. And and if you wanna nail that down today, if God's moving in your heart right now, then let's nail it down. I'm gonna ask you just a minute to raise your hand and I'll see it and I'll, I'll know that God's working in your heart. When you raise your hand, you're basically saying, I need Christ in my life. Pastor, pray for me. And I'll lead you in a prayer right where you're seated to be right with God. So if the Spirit of God's moving in your heart, If you need to know for sure that you're right with the Lord, then I want you to raise up your hand right now. Just say, and in so doing, you're saying, Pastor, pray for me. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Several. Any others? Raise it up now, quickly. All right, thank you. All right, all right. Anybody else? Thank you. Okay, you can put your hand down. Just pray this prayer. God knows your heart. Just pray this simple prayer with me. Dear Lord, I know I've sinned against you. I know I've gone my own way. And I know I don't even deserve forgiveness. But I believe Jesus died on a cross for me and I believe he rose again from the dead. And so I'm asking you now, please forgive me please wash me clean on the inside and help me to forgive others and Lord I choose to follow you all the days of my life Lord help me to to live out honor in my home and to honor you in doing so thank you Lord for your love Father, I thank you for your grace and your kindness to us, Lord. Thank you that you've taught us these things. Now, Lord, we're dependent on your Holy Spirit to do them. Lord, we know that as soon as we leave the parking lot, it'll be difficult to honor. Lord, we know on Tuesday morning and on Thursday afternoon, God, it'll be easy to fall into old habits. But we just ask that your Holy Spirit would help us to truly live out this principle of honor to see the people around us as precious priceless treasures so Lord help us to do it for your glory and we pray this in Jesus name and all God's people said